Now back to more sports rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, we're going to get back to some more uh, NFL talk here in a couple of minutes because I got some interesting nuggets for you. Um, and I'll tell, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, obviously, I do a lot on FanDuel. I bet on FanDuel. I love FanDuel. Um, and I was really right about one of my bets, and I was really wrong <laughs> about one of them. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up. And one of them is interesting because – I was talking about the uh, the the Jacksonville Texans game, uh, the 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 Jacksonville Houston game, and well, let's just say I was very wrong. I was very wrong. I don't know that I'm wrong long term, but I was certainly wrong on this game. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. So uh, we were on with you last night, six to seven, of course, right here on WJR, as we are every Saturday and Sunday, and. Uh, obviously last night, because Michigan had an eight o'clock kick, we weren't able to talk about the game. Now we, we did kind of break it down, talk about what we wanted to see. Um, now let, let me just start with this. Okay. I, I, let me, uh, I tend to be kind of a negative Nancy. So let me start with some of the negatives. All right. I still, I still very much question the play of Michigan cornerbacks. Jamal Green and Vincent Gray have not proven themselves to be very good. They haven't proven to be very reliable, and they certainly haven't proven to be able to stop a slant, for goodness sakes. And you look at what teams like Michigan State did last year, right? And look, uh, Mel Tucker it has this thing uh, in a much better spot now than I thought he would have, uh, if you would have asked me, you know, when he took the job. But you look at what Michigan State did last year, and they exploited Michigan's corners. I don't know how that's going to be any different this year. Now, granted, um, I believe uh, it appeared at least that Michigan's defensive line yesterday, even their their linebackers, especially when, uh, obviously, you look at Ada Hutchinson, who had an incredible game. Um they were able to get some pressure. They weren't bringing a ton of exotic blitzes. Uh, they were able to get pressure on a pretty good Pac-12 team, uh, Pac-12 offensive line that 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 has underperformed. They've underperformed the O-line of Washington. But that is one of the better offensive lines in the Pac-12, and they got some substantial pressure last night. But I, I do still have some questions about the corners on the outside of that defense. Now, here are the positives, at least from a team perspective. Um, this, this is probably, and I, don't, and I don't mean to sound hyperbolic, but this is probably the best offensive line from a physicality standpoint that Jim Harbaugh's had since he's been at Michigan. This is probably the best, you know, tandem of running backs that Jim Harbaugh has had during his time at Michigan. And I, I just, I believe that they're going to be able to run the football 
in most cases, in most games this season. They're going to be able to run the football. Blake Corm was really good. I thought uh, certainly um, Hassan Haskins was very good. But the offensive line was getting a ton of push. They were making gigantic holes at times. And, and it made it really easy for Michigan. Now, Michigan threw, I think, 15 passes. You know, Cade McNamara wasn't asked to do a whole lot from, from a passing perspective. Now, a lot of that is um, they were able to run the football to the tune of more than 360 yards. And I'm of the belief, and it's probably a little bit of an old school mentality, don't fix what ain't broken. If Washington can't stop your run game, I'll feed the run game. I have no issue with that. None whatsoever. And then you go on Twitter and you see all of the nonsense from some Michigan fans that are upset that they're not throwing the ball more. I that's I just don't that's not something that resonates with me. If you're able, if you're being effective, then continue to be effective. And until Washington can prove that they can stop you, then you keep doing what you're doing. I have no problem with it. None. And quite frankly, you're able to keep your playbook relatively disguised. I don't have an issue with it. So now Michigan debuts in the the AP Top 25. They come in at number 25 this week. Poll was released earlier today. And so Michigan sneaks in. Uh, and and again, I don't think any of that matters, truthfully. Um, I think that they got to continue to improve on defense, which I think they, I, I thought they showed marketable signs of improvement from week one to week two. They, I, I will give them that. But they got to continue to get better. I think the offense is in a pretty good spot. Um, now, I think we still have questions about who can fill the role that is now vacated by Ronnie Bell. We don't know that yet. We don't know which receivers are stepping up. Um, so that still remains a bit of a question that's out there. But I think from an offensive line perspective, good. Feel comfortable with it. From a running back perspective, good. Feel comfortable about it. And even Cade, you know, Cade, I, I feel at times has, he's he's been relatively composed. He's been, he's been okay. I don't, I don't have... Um, a lot of concerns with Cade Cunningham until I need to have concerns about Cade Cunningham. So I know, I know Michigan fans want they want to see it thrown around the, the yard. They want to see Cade, you know, grip it and rip it. it. It just wasn't the case last night. You were able to pound him on the ground and you did to the more, to the tune of more than 360 yards. It's all right. That's okay. That's all right. And, and, and believe me, it wasn't like they were running anything crazy. They were running counters <laughs> at the time. Uh, and and this was just, you know, helmet on helmet. They weren't, they, they, Washington just didn't have an answer. So I had no problem with it. The place was cool. I love the all blue jerseys uh, and, and uniforms. I think that's awesome. Um, so uh, I think that Michigan fans should at least have a little bit of optimism here. I think going in, there were some question marks. Those questions are starting to be answered one by one. The Ronnie Bell injury adds a question that you didn't expect to be there, but now is. So we still need to get some clarification on that. But overall, 
overall, I think there should be some optimism about this Michigan team going forward. Uh, all right, coming up on the other side, I want to talk about a couple of things. I to talk to you about a couple of my bets that went awry. Well, one of them went awry, really awry. Uh, you can't bet a thousand, but uh, on another one I hit. But on that one that I went that went really wrong, it was the Jacksonville Houston game, and there are some crazy, crazy uh, stories coming out about Urban Meyer. Maybe not crazy. Maybe not. Maybe not crazy. Uh, maybe pretty predictable. Well, I'll tell you what that's about. Coming up next, right here on Sports Rep on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Back to more sports rap presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, so uh, obviously I do my betting on FanDuel sports, but I think you should do. Uh, and and I, I was pretty dialed into a couple of games this week. One of them was Philly heading on down to Atlanta to take on the Eagles. Um, I, I, again, in, in two picks for me, I'll probably be keyed in on these teams a lot this year. But I just don't think Atlanta's going to be very good. I think that Matt Ryan is is well out of his prime. Uh, I don't I don't think that defense is especially good. Um, obviously, the addition of Kyle Pitts is interesting. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I think that the Atlanta thing is, is kind of over. I think that window has passed. So I was right on that pick. Uh, Philly blasts Atlanta 32-6 to uh, for the final. Now, the other game that I was dialed in on, that was also, um, it got a little out of hand. I think Houston is going to be a bad team this year. I think everything surrounding Deshaun Watson is troubling. Uh, obviously, Tyrod Taylor started at quarterback this week. Um, they are also in a team of flux, uh, very much like the Lions. I think they're expected by most pundits th- that have said that that the Texans are probably going to have the number one pick next year because they're going to be so bad. Um, so I, I had Jacksonville um, giving three. Uh, that was my pick. Now, Houston blasted Jacksonville 37 to 21. All right, so pretty wrong on that. Uh, But when I was doing a little bit of digging into this today, I came across this story. I hadn't seen this. Um, This is from a report by Jason LaConfora. Um, And he says, told Sunday, uh, he said, uh, he said this morning, that apparently Urban Meyer, the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has been rubbing players and coaching staff members the wrong way due to the fact that he becomes unhinged way too easily. Uh, Here's from the report. There have been repeated issues with other coaches on staff with Meyer's temper and lack of familiarity with the ebbs and flows of the NFL calendar, rubbing the Jacksonville Jaguars staff and players the wrong way. 
the source said, there is a disconnect at times between the members of the staff with extensive pro experience and those who lack it and moral uh, moral morale has suffered as the outbursts have continued. His fiery remarks to players and coaches after games have already struck many as bizarre. This is a quote. He has everyone looking over their shoulders already. He said, uh, said the source with direct knowledge of the uh, daily operations at Jacksonville, he becomes unhinged way too easily. And he doesn't know how to handle losing. Even in the preseason, he loses it and he wants to take over the drills himself. It's not good. Lock and also said that there has been uh, rumblings that Meyer has lost his cool several times during the preseason saying there were difficulties getting the schedule set and installations completed on time. Sources said with Meyer pushing to treat the preseason games more like regular season in terms of how vanilla to keep the game plan and how much play most of the vital players would get. Meyer was wildly successful at the college level, of course, at Florida, at, at uh, Bowling Green, at Utah, certainly at Ohio State. And he enjoyed superior personnel. But he's lashed out at his staff after exhibition losses, sources say, called some of their job security into question, despite them having yet to play a game that actually matters in the standings. Another source said, you can't, this quote, you can't freak out about preseason games and belittle your coaches. On staff, you handpicked. Every time things don't go your way, it's not going to work here. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things here. Um. First of all, uh, can we cue up the, the heart condition issue? Three, two, and... Uh, you know, we've seen it in the past. We, 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 the NFL and college are very different. Very different beasts. They're different animals. So just because you're an excellent college coach doesn't mean you're going to be any good in the NFL. Last Nick Saban. Now, some... Some guys do just fine. Hey, but hey, Chris, it's difficult. does this sound a little bit like uh, locally when John Beeline went to the Cavs? Um, not that he he wasn't like he. It's not sounding like he was like how Urban Meyer is acting now, but just didn't have a connection with the players once he went pro. He had all those years in college, and to me, it sounds a little like that situation. Well, what's interesting about that, and that's a, that's an interesting point. I mean, John Beeline is a coach's coach. Like he is a he's a coach's coach. He he started at you know small schools, uh, small colleges, and then eventually made his way all the way up to West Virginia, then of course to Michigan. Um, so when you have coaches that have that kind of uh, that kind of trajectory. Uh, they're real coaches, coaches. So they tend to, in my mind, stick to the more, uh, the X's and O's of the game. They're, they're really fundamental and, and they're very um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, cerebral in the way that they attack coaching. But the difference is, is you gotta, there are expectations about, uh, about the, the differences about going from a college game to a pro game. And you're right. It's the same kind of situation here in terms of 
you're, you're not dealing with kids going to class. You're not dealing with kids, uh, you know, making sure they're eligible, uh, you know, because of grades and doing homework checks and, um, you know, that, that, that doesn't exist in the NFL. So your, your focus is different. You're able to do other things. It's, it's just a different, it's a different thing you're dealing. Instead of that, you're dealing with egos. You're dealing with, with guys that make more money than you do. Uh, and so it's a different deal. And so I, I, I think that's a, that's an interesting comparison. I don't know if it's exactly what's going on here because I think urban Meyer thinks he's the smartest man in every, in every room. And the fact that he's looking at the preseason and like, Hey, let's roll out the starters. Let's roll out the playbook and let's get this thing underway. That, that to me tells me he doesn't get it. Like I understand everybody wants to win every game. I, I totally understand that. Um, but those, those are meant for you to evaluate talent. They're meant for you to, to finish your installs to, uh, they're, they're meant to, to, you know, hopefully expose some of the weak points on your team so that you can get them corrected for when the regular season rolls around and you're playing games that actually count meaningful games. And I just look at that. When I saw this, I said, Jason, what I'm saying is, are you surprised by this? I'm not surprised by this oh, at all. Oh, this God, doesn't no. surprise me. No, I didn't think it would be, uh, well, we can count the preseason, but after week one, and boy, you know, and like you you, you took them today, and I, I thought they would have a better showing against Houston today than they did. Well, again, it was the same principle, and and, and look, you're not going to bat 1,000, all right? It's just impossible. Uh, so you just try to be in the black as much as you can be, which I am. Um, but with that being said, I, I just look at what Jacksonville has. I like what they've got a little bit more. And I understand, you know, Trevor Lawrence being a rookie. I get it. Like, I, I get it. And then Travis Ntien goes down with a season-ending injury. So you just, it, I mean, the, the wheels were kind of spinning from the get-go. But I think Houston's going to be terrible. I think they're going to be a really bad football team, like a really bad football team. Uh, and so um, for them to go out and just torpedo Jacksonville the way they did, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see it coming. Uh, and that's why you got that. And this is why they say you got to play the game because I didn't see it coming. No, uh, I feel pretty good in saying that uh, there's going to be, uh, I will venture to guess, times that I will continue to bet against the Texans. <laughs> Because, again, I just don't think they're going to be very good. But when I saw this story about Urban Meyer, I thought, yeah, this doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, and, and again, uh, uh, as a guy who has stepped away from coaching twice because of health issues, twice, first at Florida and then at Ohio State, I anticipate some sort of medical emergency coming down for Urban Meyer. Um, also, uh, I don't know if you saw this also, Jason, before we go. Um, and now I got to find it. Where did I, uh, where did I put it? Um, uh, this is a, uh, a tweet today by Taylor Lewan. Of course, the former Michigan left tackle. Now the starting left tackle for the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he tweeted out, got my bleep kick today. No way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you, Chan Jones, Chandler Jones, for exposing me. 
It will only force me to get better. Now, I love me some Taylor Lewan. Always have. Uh, I love the personality. I think he's a he's a funny guy, smart guy. Uh, and that that tweet right there, Jason. He's going. Look, I got absolutely drilled today. I got completely exposed, and that's on me. And I got to get better. When do we don't see that very often in sports anymore, do we? When no. is like the personal accountability? I saw that tweet and I just said, of, of course, Taylor Lewan would say that. Of course he would. Uh, I just, it's I thought just, it was awesome. It's his He's character for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely his character, man. That was another game that was surprising today. Arizona going into Tennessee and beating yep. him by 25. Whew. Yep. Now, there, there's some, there's some shockers out there today. Like, I don't know what's in the water, but, but something is, uh, is a little amiss now. Uh, all right, I know we got to take a break, so uh, let's fire up the the, the band. Uh, I will tell you, again, you got this great deal on FanDuel for Chiefs Ravens next week. Don't forget to take advantage of that. But Chiefs hosting the Browns today, start of the fourth quarter. Browns now only up by two. It's twenty-two to twenty. Uh, they're getting ready to start uh, the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, the Saints are just blitzing the Packers, thirty-one to three. My goodness. It just hurts my fantasy football roster. All right, more to come here on Sports Wrap. Coming up next, Chris Renwick right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, I want to give you some of the scores uh, from around the NFL today. Uh, Seahawks all over the Colts, 28-16. to 16. Chargers on top of the Washington football team, 20-16. Panthers over the Jets, 19-14. Uh, again, the Texans blitz the Jaguars, 37-21. to 21. Um, And uh, let me see here. Obviously, the 49ers beat the Lions 41 to 33. Eagles on top of the Falcons 32 to 6. Uh, it was the Bills over the Steelers 23 to 16. The Bengals in overtime uh, kicking a game winning field goal to beat the Vikings 27 to 24. And again, the Cardinals uh, absolutely uh, crushing the Titans uh, by 25 points um, 38 to 13. Uh, a couple of other games on tap tonight, of course, of interest here. Uh, you got the Rams hosting the Bears. Um, of course, Matt Stafford out in L.A. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what he puts together. Um, and that'll be your, your Sunday night game. Uh, and then a couple of games in progress right now. The Broncos with a... Um, 13-point lead over the Giants with six, about six minutes to go. Uh, uh, and they're up by 13. Uh, Saints all over the Packers, 38-3. Uh, Dolphins on top of the Patriots with about 12 minutes to go in that one, 17-13. And again, uh, Browns just extending their lead. They're up 28-20. to uh, Jason, I want to get some of your thoughts in here, obviously. Uh, a big football fan and and... 
with everything that the Lions did today, of course, obviously, uh, they, they dug themselves into an early hole that they just weren't able to get out of. Um, but but I at least admire the fact that this team is going to play a full game. They're going to they're going to scratch and claw, much like Dan Campbell said in his in his uh, introductory press conference. Um, but this is this is ex- about what I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be a team that was going to be playing from behind a lot, um, but a team that was going to give you everything they got, and that's kind of what we saw today. Yeah, they're definitely with the the fact that they didn't they didn't quit. Well, I don't think they're going to quit after one game, but just the, the it's it was like kind of the personality of this guy. The defense isn't going to be good, so unfortunately, uh, they're, we're they're going to see a lot of this of uh, trying to you know come back uh they are gonna they're gonna give up a lot of points like they did last year unfortunately yep 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 no, i agree i agree but on a side uh, note and- real quick while you're reading the scores did you see Jameis winston five touchdown passes today i'll tell you what um, sean payton's I, I a genius i don't know what's going on here i mean I, you know it's 38 to 3 new orleans over green bay with with uh, damn near 11 minutes to go in that game still. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is 15 for 20 He's out of for the game 133 now. yards. Yeah, and and uh and two interceptions. I mean, I, this is wild. This is this is not something that I expected. I can tell you that. Um but yeah, Jameis Winston has gone bonkers. 14 for 20 for 148 yards and five touchdowns. That's not a stat line you see very often. And the last touchdown throw was 55 yards. So he was under 100 yards before that with four with five touchdowns. touchdowns. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, before we go also, I wanted to give some love to a member of a team that I was completely enamored with. Um, and I'm sure you were too, Jason. Um, but the, the, the going-to-work Pistons, the, that, that whole you know, core of Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace, that, that group. Um, well, they were, they were together again. Um, yesterday, Saturday night as Ben Wallace was entered into the Naismith Memorial basketball hall of fame. And, um, in terms of excitement, in terms of being able to get a crowd to their feet in just a moment's notice, Ben Wallace was, he was, I mean, that the palace would be, it would be a madhouse because of a Ben Wallace dunk or a rejection or whatever. I mean, Ben Wallace was just, um, he was such a force on the floor. Um, and then obviously the whole fear of the fro and everything that that whole persona. Um, I anyway, uh, he was he was um, sent into the Hall of Fame last night, and and a lot of his teammates were there uh, to support him, and it was a really really cool scene. Um, and so congratulations to Ben Wallace. I mean, I, you know, Jason, I I was that was like the height of my like piston uh, fandom was the going to work piston. So to see Ben Wallace go in, uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and w- that was a, a special team and for them to, um, get, you know, beat the Lakers that, you know, the, yep. the Lakers were so good. That was, so, I mean, they dominated that series. They should have swept it. And, 
Yep. Ben Wallace, four-time defensive player of the year, well-deserved. Uh, yeah, but they should have won back-to-back, I can tell you that. Yeah, um, yeah now, should. <laughs> uh, what's awesome about Ben Wallace is uh, he's 6'8", and he played center in the NBA. And, and he was so physical. Uh, he was just so incredibly, like, uh, his fundamentally sound um, that he, he was able to play a lot bigger than 6'8". And, and again, talking about shutting down a guy like Shaq, who's, you know, seven foot and uh, just a ball of muscle, um, uh, being able to shut down a guy like Shaq the way that Ben Wallace did was incredible. Um, so anyway, Ben and, Wallace goes into the hall and that pretty, team pretty cool. changed the way the game is played up even today because the NBA didn't want scores in the seventies anymore, you know? No. And I think it was, and it was, you know, and I, and I, now it's escaping me, but I think it was Oh four, um, where they set the record for, um, holding opponents under 80 points. I think you're right. Yeah. I'd have to look it up, but, but yeah. I, I think it was Oh four. Um, but they, I mean, they, I mean, they were allowing 75 points a game on average. I mean, it was crazy. Um, they were just so incredibly suffocating. Um, and it was, it was a really nice, I mean, in years later, of course, but you know, almost 20 years later, but it was a nice kind of extension of the bad boys and, and and they weren't quite as, um, blatantly flagrantly physical (laughs) as the bad boys were, um, but they had their own style of of that. Like they kind of they kind of evolved what the bad boys did, um, and kind of and kind of did it and, and made it a modern version of that in basketball. And right. so uh, it was just cool to see Ben Wallace get in yesterday. So there's that. Um, now uh, we will be back next week, of course, uh, Saturday, Sunday, six to seven, uh, right here on WJR. Uh, and of course, we're going to talk a lot of basketball or a lot of football. Excuse me. Um, uh, college football in full swing, the NFL in full swing. Um, and now you've got, uh, we're, we're, we're in the thick of it now. So make sure you come back here uh, next Saturday, six o'clock, and we'll break it all down again. All right. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your weekend uh, and, a, and, a, and a productive week ahead. And we'll talk to you next weekend. Have yourself a good one.